This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Hey, off rip, let's talk about the Nats. Try 39 and 78. Good Lord, they about to win the race to 100 losses. They about to be the first one to 100 losses. I mean, we knew that. We knew that going in. I, I said that was going to happen, but man, I didn't think it'd be this bad. I didn't think they trade Soto and Bell, even though they've been talking about trading Bell for like, I don't know, two years. I still didn't think it had happened, and then it happened. And I still can't believe it. Well, I, I guess I'll talk about the Padres later. When it comes to the Nats, trash. But somehow, someway, they won last night. The only reason I didn't take the Nats money line, I didn't really like the payout. I guess it's because they was playing the Cubs. If they was playing like the Mets or the Dodgers, it would have been a higher payout. But instead, I took the bet of, I put $20 on an extra innings game between the Nats and the Cubs. It was one swing of the bat from going extra inning. Instead, the Nats won 5-4. I lose that bet. I would have won $160. Bucks. Is what it is. Probably would have spent that $160 bucks really quickly anyway. All good. But the Nats, there's one other game I went to. Nats versus Padres, the first game. I had to go because it was the return of Juan Soto. It was the first game. They had a great, they had a great tribute video for Josh Bell and Juan Soto. And when Juan Soto got off the bat, its standing ovation lasted like two or three minutes. And I just looked at Juan Soto and I just smiled, man. And for that moment, I was like, damn, man, I really miss this guy. And then he popped up and I was like, yes, yes, yes. But after that, I think he got out again. He popped out again. And then he hit an RBI. When he hit that RBI double, I was just sitting there just, I was like, really? Really? That really just happened? The bullpen was awful on Friday. Corey Abbott wasn't bad. Now, now Corey Abbott, he was the guy that opposed the Grom. And... Only gave up one run. He had a similar game against the Padres. Not sure what he was doing against the Phillies. Throw that out. But he's been pretty solid. The Nats also called up C.J. Abrams yesterday. That was the big hype around yesterday's game was the call up of C.J. Abrams because he was one of the key pieces we got in the Juan Soto trade. He was okay. I mean, he didn't really do anything on offense. He grounded out three times he went 0 for 4 and you know the fourth inning he had like two errors in a row well one was a error he threw he threw the ball over Volt's head I don't know what that was about and then he threw another high throw to first base and the guy was safe after that he locked in made some really key defensive plays Josiah Gray had 10 strikeouts that last strikeout went um Davey came to the mound I thought for sure he was coming out because there were guys on base 
Then they were like, there was a guy on first and third. Fran Mel Reyes had a, a triple, which I just, that just blows my mind. Because he hit a liner down the third baseline, I believe, and it got into the corner. And he got a triple out of that. I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. It was nonsense. It's okay, though. It's okay, though. Josiah Gray got that strikeout, and he was pumped. I loved it. You know, the, Josiah Gray, he did okay, but he really came through at the end. I was a little worried because he gave up two home runs to Ian Happ, and I I just, just blew my mind. And the guy that bats after Ian Happ, he got two hits. I'm just glad. See, sometimes the Nats make you want to be proud to be a Nats fan temporarily, even though the season's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they just make you happy. And that was just one of them times. Nelson Cruz with the game-winning home run. Man, oh, man. Just as I was leaving, though, because you know I got to beat the traffic. Just as I was leaving, he hit a home run. And that was right before Nelson Cruz hit a big RBI to make it 4-3. I'm just glad we was able to send those Cubs fans home disappointed. Just like the Cardinals game, when the Cardinals had all them fans show up to Nats Park, I'm glad they left disappointed. That's what you get for bringing all them damn fans to our stadium. That's what you get. I, I low-key wish the Nationals would show up like that on the road, but I barely saw any Nats fans at at City Field in New York. I barely saw any Nats fans in Philly. The Baltimore game, you saw a lot more. I think that's a proximity thing, maybe. A lot more Nats fans at the Orioles game. But the Phillies and the Mets, nah, they were nowhere to be found. I, I, I maybe saw maybe... Maybe five Nationals fans combined in both stadiums. (laughs) But the Nats, they just just calling up everybody. They're calling up so many people. They even called up the word call. Just kidding. It's Alex Call from Cleveland. The fact that we got Alex Call and not Fran Mel Reyes, that does baffle me. But it is what it is. You know, they both got let go from Cleveland or traded away, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But, you know, we'll take it. Well, wait, no, one got released, one got traded, or maybe they both got released. I don't know. They were both on Cleveland a few weeks ago. But now one is with the Cubs and terrorized us yesterday until, you know, we left them stranded on base. And the other one played for us two games and has did okay i mean (laughs) i mean he's done okay but listen man we've called up alex call joey menensis who was that's a genius move we've called up palacios who played in that phillies series we called up vargas i don't know what happened to michael franco maybe he got hurt i think he got hurt we called him up called up Corey Abbott but one person I don't see is Kay Cavalli what what's going on here what's happening is he hurt is he not ready Mackenzie Gore's hurt I know that 
But man, what is going on? Kay Cavalli was our number one prospect basically until we got Hassel and Abrams and all those guys. I mean, come on. What is going on? What is happening? I don't know, but hopefully we see him before the year is over. And speaking of Joey Menenses, <laughs> listen, that man, Joey Menenses, if you don't know by now, you better ask somebody. This guy, man, this guy didn't come up off of AAA and put up Kyle Swarber in June type of numbers. Another one. Unbelievable. I mean, just, just look at this right now. Like, I cannot believe this guy has been rotting in the minors. We're the same age. Like, he's 30, I'm 29, something like that. But this dude has just been rotting in the minors for like 10 years. <laughs> you you got to be kidding me. I mean, so far, in 11 games, 15 hits, 8 runs, 5 home runs, 7 RBIs. This guy, man, the only thing that kind of bugs me is that he he's come up short in the games I've watched. He's come up short when it's time to, you know, he's missed RBI opportunities. Against the Padres first inning on Friday, bases loaded. He grounds into a double play. Same game. Two men on base. Grounds into, I don't think it was a double play, but he grounded out. Against the Cubs, once again, two men on base. I think he grounded out or something. And then I think we had the base loaded against the Cubs yesterday. He struck out. I'm like, come on. But other than that, he's been a godsend. And we can't forget Saturday, him and Yachty going back-to-back to, back to save that game. I, going back-to-back back home runs. Man, even though he bugs me sometimes with the, the choking, with runners and scorer, scorer position, other than that, he's been great. And this guy spent how many years in the minors? He, he spent, I mean, he spent... Seven years, look like six, in Atlanta's minor league system. Atlanta ain't know what to do with it. And now we might be using him to body Atlanta. Unless Robert Hassel, James Wood, one of those guys. I, you know who I didn't see yesterday? Victor Robles. I mean, all these guys getting hurt and resting and all that. I mean, there's a lot of outfielders we have in the system or playing right now that could be playing. Who knows who's going to be starting next year? But if this guy keep playing the way he playing, I and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, so he's with Philly for one year in 2018. Then he ain't play again in the minors until 2021 with Boston. Then he left Boston, signed as a free agent with us, and now he looking like Kyle Swarber. This guy. Man. If we if we could just keep this going with Joey Menensis, A, he can be that guy 
for us. Him and Yachty, they can be those guys for us until, you know, the, the guys in the farm grow up and are ready to go. I'm with it. But we still going to be trash. And the only two games I somewhat plan to go to is the Athletics game because, you know, Athletics got Sheldon Noisy and they're giving away Hawaiian shirts. And then the Orioles game because it's the Orioles. I kind of want to see it again. I kind of want to see Nats versus Orioles again. So hopefully I get to see that. Maybe we get to ruin their playoff chances. <laughs> oh, man. Nats, man. What am I going to do with them? I'm still going to these games. It's a shame. Anyway, the NFL preseason. Let's start with the bird. The bird, that is the word. And you going to respect it. But here's the thing. They played the Jets. And they lost. But see, that's okay. Because I really like what I saw. From the first and second teams, especially the first team, that was a really good possession. But it's just that the penalties, no, that's a no-go. That That's what we had a problem with last year. Jalen Hurts scored a touchdown, was doing the gritty, called back. This is the exact problem we had last year. Come on, man. He had two big penalties on that drive. But thank God that the offense was so good. And this is, I didn't see Devontae Smith out there. This is without Devontae Smith. The offense was so good, we still scored. The very next play, Jalen Hurts hit Dallas Goddard for a touchdown. Man, I know it was the Jets, but I like what I saw. Um, Jalen Hurts got hit by Quentin Williams out of bounds. Man, they just better be glad Jordan Marlotta and Lane Johnson didn't do more than they did. It was a cheap shot. You got to pay attention. I think both coaches were pissed. Sirianni didn't want that type of hit on his quarterback. Looked like a dirty cheap shot. And Salah just don't like the undisciplined play. Because it kept the drive going, it gave us more yards, and it helped us get that that touchdown. Oh right, one of the one of the two big penalties was a holding call, and something that I I heard about that was that the referees are trying to focus more on not calling calling holding calls when the defender do rip moves. Because they're ducking under people's arms and it looked like it's a holding. I might use that in my own officiating game. So, but they called it on us. They didn't call it on them. They did the exact same thing. But it's okay. It's preseason. I like what I saw. Jalen Hurst was six for six. He's still running very well. Um, You just got to believe in a bird at some point. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, let's see how they do in the next game. It's probably when this, most of the starters going to play. But so far, so good. I went to the Commanders-Panthers game. I had to see this Baker versus Sam Darnold 
matchup. Uh, They're doing a QB battle. I find out the day before the game that they both were going to play a series. That kind of disappointed me. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to leave this game before the fourth quarter. Once again, me leaving early to beat traffic. And, of course, it ends up being a close game and a fantastic finish. You know, a game-winning field goal, um, freaking Sam Howell going beast mode and two big touchdown runs. But I was there to see Baker and Sam. So, Baker was really good in his drive. It's just, you know, Washington secondary was pretty good. It's just... Baker Mayfield ran when he needed to. He threw the ball away when he needed to. And he made some tight throws. But the fumble, and then I don't know what that was. That last throw he made where it looked like the dude was doing a deep out. It looked like a back shoulder fade. The receiver just looking around like, was that for me? They weren't on the same page. Apparently, the receiver ran the wrong way. I figured. But it just makes Baker looked bad. And, of course, Sam Darnold capitalized off a fumble. And he only made two throws. And that second throw, I'm not going to lie, Washington played man-to-man. Dude ran a corner route, and he just dropped it in there. It was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I was like, dang, I can't even lie. That was nice. That makes Baker look look bad right there, but. Ultimately, I think Baker's going to win this job. He's just a little bit better to me. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. On the Washington side, I didn't see much from Carson Wentz. The deep throws look shaky. Uh, They had a nice little short pass run balance. Oh, my God. This, this This is just typical Washington football. Washington sitcom team. Antonio Gibson fumbled the ball and Panthers recovered. I thought he was down. Apparently he wasn't. That was a really good play by Carolina, but I was laughing. I was like, this is typical Washington sitcom. A turnover deep in your own possession. And it's Antonio Gibson who had problems with fumbles. It really looked bad for him. When Brian Robinson looked like a complete back, he looked really good. He was bouncing off tackles. He was hitting the hole. He he wasn't getting negative yards. All he got to do is catch passes out of the backfield, and it's a wrap for Antonio Gibson because that, that Brian Robinson is the truth, and it's only a matter of time. Maybe it's just maybe it's me. Maybe it's just the preseason, but Brian Robinson looked really good, and he's going to slowly still play in time away. From Antonio Gibson, especially if Antonio Gibson fumbles the ball. Hey, that, that one play McKissick had where he did the little spin move after catching the ball, he, I didn't think he had to do the spin move. He could have just planted his foot and went and got another few yards. But it is what it is. But from what I saw, it was a good game. Carolina Panthers was punishing. And then I left, and then all of a sudden they were losing. But... They end up winning. It was cool. It was a nice experience. It was good to be in an NFL stadium again, and I can't wait to do it again next month with a little more people. And this time, I'm not going to be in the club section. Club section was kind of cool, but I just know I ain't going to be there. 
the next time. <laughs> it was a lot of people in them joint in that joint, man. It was it was a cheap ticket. Oh Lord, man, what? Let me okay. Let me get to the Mystics. Okay, no, no, no. Before the Mystics, what else did I see? Trey Lance with that nice throw against the Packers. I was like, this guy. You know what this remind me of? Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. I was like, Alex Smith took him to the NFC Championship, was a solid veteran. It just looked like, yeah, you should just stick with him. And then the backup comes along. The young backup comes along, and he kills it. And they get to the Super Bowl, and they almost get to another one. And he just had a really good team around this young QB, and you just see him get better and better. I can see that happening with Trey Lance, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of hype surrounding Trey Lance. This fantasy football show said he was going to be a breakout player. Undisputed said he was going to be a breakout player. I'm just like, I got to see it to believe it. What what other teams? Oh, Malik Willis versus Baltimore. Had a really nice run. I was like, oh, I see what the hype is. This guy is electric. He's fun to watch. But, of course, Baltimore won because, I mean, Baltimore... 20-something straight preseason wins, of course. With no Lamar Jackson, of course. They're just a really well-run organization. So it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me that they even do well in the preseason. Makes sense. Uh, let's see. Uh, any Anything else stuck out to me? Yeah, no. Not, not that I know of uh let's just get to the mystics let's quit playing here so the mystics played the sparks this was a game i circled on my calendar i was for sure gonna go all year i said i'm gonna go soon as they come here i'm gonna go just because they got liz cambage and chene agumake neither of them played liz is out for the season well she has a contract divorce with L.A., and I thought surely someone else is going to pick her up. But it's just too much going on with her. I guess nobody called, and then she decided to step away for her mental health. I honestly think she needed to take a few years off because she just got a lot going on, and she's good at a lot of other things that's not basketball, and she needed to focus on them. I'm cool with that. So they didn't play. I was like, you know what? I'd rather do something else. And I did. It ended up being a good game anyway. Only because the Mystics were loafing. Like the Sparks had like an 8-9 game losing streak. Surely the Mystics were the better team. But the Sparks had a double digit lead in the second quarter. This is just like the Liberty game the first time because the Mystics just didn't show up until the fourth quarter. But despite all that, they would get within a point and then they would just miss a bunch of shots until the Sparks go up three or five and then they cut it back to one and it just kept going through that cycle. And Elena Deladon, I, I know every show I said with Deladon, anything's possible. 
but she went two for 12 and she missed some key shots that she usually makes down the stretch. And that really worries me. But I, I, you know what? I still have no fear because she is still really good. And that was just one game. It, it was a little troubling though. She did make, she did make that steal that gave us the opportunity to tie the game. However, she was missing free throws too, which really bothered me. But it led to Natasha Cloud taking a three to tie the game, and she got fouled. But, you know, but, you know, what ended up happening is the clock ran out before she got fouled. And I just vehemently denied this. I was like, there's no way. I know what I saw. But then I saw it. I saw it. I saw a still shot of Natasha Cloud with the ball still in her hand as the light was going off. I was like, I still refuse to believe it. I still think she got fouled right before the, the clock went off. But maybe she didn't. The point is, that game shouldn't have been close. Should have dominated them. There's no reason why you should have lost to an inferior team like the Sparks who had to travel cross country. Also, what that game taught me was some things are just bigger than basketball. It looked like, okay, the Sparks, half of the Sparks had to sleep at the airport because their flight got delayed. Like that was a huge problem during that time, that whole weekend. It looked like they were flying out of BWI looking at the video. I don't know why they didn't fly out of Reagan. Maybe that was the best flight they can get was out out of BWI. But yeah, that that was a bad look for the WNBA. And I really felt bad. I was like, wait a minute. All these WNBA fans around here, we we couldn't take them in. We couldn't pay for their hotels. I did see a comment that said they slept. Maybe they, some of them slept at the airport so they can get a jump on TSA and get going faster. That that could have been it. But I was like, I just really felt bad. I was like, dang, man, they really should be getting treated better than this. Hopefully the WNBA continue to work on that and get them charter flights because, man, that was just bad. How they got delayed and had all them travel problems and um had to play against Connecticut a day or two later and of course they got smoked. My argument is they probably would have got smoked anyway because Connecticut's the better team. But it just didn't help that they had to go through all that. Well, yeah, man, I really hope the WNBA gets gets that together. Um back to the Mystics. I'm just really disappointed that they didn't get the third or the fourth seed. And the way the playoffs work, if you're a a fifth through eighth seed, you have to start the first two games of the first round at the higher seed stadium. You drop you drop two games, you out. However, if you can steal one, you get think you get the deciding game three at your place. I believe in this team enough 
that they can go to Seattle and take one and bring this thing back to D.C. Uh, the schedule says that I think they play Thursday at 10. They play like Sunday at 4. And then the following Wednesday on the 24th, I can't watch that game because I got my own basketball game. They play the following Wednesday, if necessary. Hopefully, they're going to they're gonna take a game in Seattle. They're, they're, they're coming back to D.C. So when they come back to D.C., I can't see it because I got my own game. That game is on next Wednesday, I think at 7. I'm just disappointed. Like, we could have had home court advantage against Seattle or better yet, the the Wings, who we beat three out of four. But, you know, too many one-point losses, too many L's we took without Deladon, and we're the fifth seed. Well, we're here now, and we just got to end Sue Bird's farewell tour. We got to send her off right with an L. Got to do it. It's 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 imperative it has to happen and it will happen because we got Della Don I don't care what happened against the Sparks they're gonna get this work and of course they pounded Indiana because Indiana like they they got a lot of work to do <laughs> they got a lot of work to do they ended the season on like a 20 game losing streak they got a lot of work to do like, of course we pounded them but yeah you already know you about to get this work now even with Brianna Stewart, who first team all WNBA MVP candidate, still you're not messing with Della Dawn and Natasha Cloud and our coach Mike Tebow, the OG, and that's on everything. I love. All right, man. A real quick. All right, some quick taste before I talk about my championship story. So Serena. Apparently is retiring after the U.S. Open. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't look like she is the same, you know, since she's had some injuries and had her kid. It just is what it is, man. She's getting older and father time, mother nature taking over. Uh, I did place a bet on her in the U.S. Open. Just in case some magical fairy tale ending happens, I'm, I'm gonna be right on top of it. She can win it, possibly. It's gonna be tough, man. Swiatek, uh, Daniel Collins, Jessica Bagula, like girls are good. It's gonna be very tough to win the U.S. Open, but she can do it because she's one of the all-time greats. I guess that's why I think she was plus oh my god she had she had greater odds to win the US Open than some people ranked in the top 10 in the WTA that's interesting but hey I would love to see it it's kind of similar to Tiger at the Masters but um, I would love to see her win but I it's gonna be tough. It's it's a it's a long shot. But on the other side, will Djokovic play? I doubt it. Even though the U.S. kind of changed their rules, 
as far as COVID is concerned. But you still coming from overseas into the U.S., that's kind of different. That kind of changes the game. I'm not sure if they're going to lift those restrictions, man. I, it's going to be a miracle for him to play. But if Djokovic plays, he's winning it. But since I doubt he's going to play Medvedev, Nadal, Tsitsipas, uh Curios, Curios came to DC and won. He almost won Wimbledon, and then he won another tournament after DC. So I'm like, this guy's on a roll, and I and I'm rolling with the money train with him. So I don't know how much I put down on on him. I think I put forty, and uh, if he wins the U.S. Open, I get like six hundred bucks. He got the hot hand. But it's just that the problem is Medvedev is elite. Nadal is elite. It's going to be very tough. There's some other guys that did really good in the Australian Open that, that are elite and going to be tough to beat. But he has a hot hand, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kyrgios wins the U.S. Open. I'd be cool with it because... <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. The money signs, the money sounds would be a ringing. I'm just saying. I'm looking forward to it, man. What is it? Two, three week tournament? I've seen the area where they play at. It's, It's in Queens. It's right there where the Met Stadium is. I haven't seen all of it, but man, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait. I know it costs a lot of money. I ain't even gonna try to go. But you know, we'll see. Uh let's see. Okay, real quick. So Kel Gundy. Kel Gundy said the N-word apparently. I'm just shocked. I mean, he's been there that long. You should know you can't really say that even with the context. Even though, you know, he he may have been mocking a player that wasn't paying attention or or trying to get him to focus somehow, some way. I don't know how the story really went. It's just a bad look. But from my experience, Kel Gunny, he's really a genuine guy. And everyone has a lot of respect for him. So it's just shocking that you say something like that and just be insensitive at best. I just, I, I, I'm really slow to call him racist because of his track record and my personal story with him. You know, on my last day of the team, he, he told me in the most caring and honest way that you know I just wasn't good enough to be playing on this team. <laughs> it was I really respect him for that to this day. Yeah, I really respect the guy. I love the guy. But I I can't believe this happened. And he resigned. And Venerable said he said the word more than once. I man oh man and I heard that not all the players on the team agree with what happened. Agree with him resigning. It's just a shame, man. I 
basically, I don't want to call him racist, but this is bad. He got to learn from it. And I don't know if he's going to work in football again. Maybe he'll go do something else. Maybe he'll spend some more time with his family. I don't know, but it's a learning experience for everyone involved. But dang, man, that's just a sad, this is a sad way to go out. This is a really sad way to go out. The Dodgers and the Padres. So the Padres, let's just talk about the Padres. They have lost so many games since they had Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Juan Soto's killing it. He got Joey Menenza's type numbers <laughs> without the home runs. <laughs> oh, man. Juan Soto's killing it, as always. He's pretty consistent. Yeah, he hit that RBI against the Nationals because, of course, he did. I mean, even freaking even freaking um, Anthony Rendon, before he got hurt, got an RBI against the Nationals because it's just that type of season. But, yeah, man, um, they lost to the Dodgers. I think they got swept. Maybe they won a game, but they got destroyed by the Dodgers. They lost to the they lost to the Rockies two out of three, I believe. So I'm like, yo, what, what is you doing? What is going on over there? Where is the pitching? I, I, I just don't. I don't understand. I don't understand at all. That's crazy. But see, they're still in a wild card hunt with the Phillies and I guess whoever comes out of the NL Central. So, you know, we'll just see. We'll see what happens. And I, I, I'm trying to look for his, yeah, here we go, his game logs. So his first game with San Diego, they beat Colorado 9-1. They go on to lose the next game, which I was watching in Philly, and I was just flabbergasted. I was like, they lost to the freaking Colorado Rockies. They got swept by the Dodgers, and none of the games were close. They lost to the Giants where they got shut out. Okay, then they came back and beat the Giants twice. That's more like it. They beat the Nats two out of three. And then they just lost to Miami and got shut out again. I'm not sure what they're doing over there. But they better get it together. Or they're going to be watching the playoffs at home. Uh, Josh Bell, not sure what he's doing. Um, He was pretty much an all-star caliber player with the Nats and he has gotten to the Padres and this guy is loafing. This guy's loafing. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up his stats right now. This this guy with the Padres is batting 140. At least Juan Soto is batting like 320 something with the Padres. He's batting 140 with the Padres. And he has zero home runs. Two RBI. What is he doing, bro? What is this man doing? They they need more out of Josh Bell. And they need some people to get back. I mean, no Fernando Tatis. I mean, he got popped 80 games for PEDs for wing ringworms. I, I believe him because I'm kind of naive. But, dang. 
That's a huge blow. I found out during the Padres game or right before it, right before the Nats and Padres, that news came down. And I'm just like, yo, that is a huge blow. Huge blow. That's crazy, man. He loafing. And they need to get it together. But there's time. Josh Bell is a really good player. He'll get it together. He'll figure it out. And the Padres will be fine. I I don't know if they're going to, you know, win that battle with the Phillies and the Brewers and Cardinals. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, what's next here? Oh, yeah, I got to talk about uh, my D.C. Frey championship story. Oh, but first, oh, my opinion on the NBA opening night in Christmas. So the schedule came out. So you got Bucks Celtics. That's pretty good. Sixers, Knicks, kind of boring. Should have been Atlanta. I'm kind of he- heated about that. I want to see Trey Young at the Garden on Christmas. He would have showed out. That's a lot better than the Sixers and Knicks. That's going to be a snooze fest. Sixers going to dominate. I don't know what what the NBA was thinking there. You got Mavericks and Lakers. You got Luka versus LeBron. That's huge. I'm with that. I wanted Luka versus Trey. Third year in a row for denied. You know, I've been waiting for three years. I've been denied for three years. (laughs) You know, that's what Colin Kaepernick said. But, yeah. When it comes to Luka versus Trey, but it's not happening. That's fine. Luka, LeBron is the next best thing. This is off the top of my head. Suns, Suns are playing somebody. The Suns are playing. Suns and Nuggets, that's another good matchup. You got Jokic versus Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Mm. But this is the main event. The main event usually doesn't happen at 10 o'clock at night. But the Warriors and the Grizzlies, this is so hype of a matchup, in my opinion, that I'm willing to go to the Bay for Christmas to watch that. But it's probably not going to happen. It's just it's too much. It's, it's, it's too much money. And I might want to stay home with family and stuff. But I got family out there. I would love to go see it. Memphis and Golden State on Christmas? Mm, that's going to be sick. I'm telling you. I can't wait. Because all that talking they was doing in the regular, in, not in the regular season, but on Twitter after the parade, and then their playoff series was pretty good until Morant got hurt. I, I, I'm trying to see it, man. I really do. If I don't go to the Bay, I'm definitely going to shut everything down, get my food ready, and... and that that night I'm gonna watch it, man. I gotta see this game. It's 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 the best game on the slate for sure. Opening day they got LeBron versus Curry. I mean, of course. You you gotta make LeBron versus Curry one of those primetime games. You'd think it'd be on Christmas like last year, but they didn't. They just doing it for opening day. I don't know who's the first game on that slate. It doesn't even matter. LeBron versus Curry. It's going to be lit. Warriors are probably going to win, but, you know, we'll see. Now, if you don't know by now, I play in a D.C. Frey Basketball League, social league sports. You pay to play. You got to pay a fee, and 
you can join a team as a free agent or you can, you know, join with your friends or your, your job and you can do it like that. You just pay the money and you play. Or you, some people sneak in there without paying, but whatever. My team this season, after two seasons on, well, one being on a winless team and then being on a two-win team, this season I join a team that made the championship in another section of this league. Okay, I figured, okay, I'm the missing piece here. Not really. Only had three points in the playoffs. Only had three, average three points in the playoffs. Wasn't really a factor offensively. Or even defensively in the championship, my matchup had double digits and hit the game-tying three. But anyway, we were the best team. We were undefeated. All season, after game like three, I knew we were the best team. I knew that only two teams could possibly beat us. And, you know, regular season, ran through it. Playoffs, we go against the play-in winner, who's the ninth seed, who they gave us a tough game the first time in the first half. But we blew them out by 30 in the second half. This time, similar game. The only problem is, this time, their best player was playing, and we couldn't stop him. So it was a close game to the end. But I had a key skit still at the end, and then we had another key block at the end. They just went cold. And then we just was too much at the end. We escaped that game. Cool. Didn't care who came out of the fourth, fifth seed. Didn't matter. Knew he was going to blow them out. We blew them out. They, listen, they pretty much gave up about the second half. You know, they just didn't have enough. They didn't have the firepower. We blew them out. So on the other side, I knew it didn't matter who came out of the two and the three seed because I knew both of them were pretty good teams and they were going to be tough matchups. That game goes down to the wire. A bad call makes it a one-possession game. And, of course, then you know, the, the third seed team turned the ball over last minute and they choked and they lost. And then they didn't, yeah, and they didn't make the three at the buzzer. Cool, we get the second seed team. They come out. They beaten us by 12. But I knew we were going to come back. Once we cut the lead to like, I think they got the lead to 14. Once we cut the lead to like eight, I knew they were in trouble. And sure enough, we cut into that lead. I think halftime we were down by like three or four. No, halftime we was down by one. Knew they were in trouble. Yet in the second half, it was kind of the same thing. They took the early lead. We battled back. And then it's just back and forth, back and forth. I kind of stay in the game the last eight minutes. I can't score a bucket. I can't make a bucket. I hit one corner three. It was it was key. It was late in the game. I wasn't really a factor in this game. Our second leading scorer wasn't really a factor in this game. Our fifth, sixth leading scorer was a huge factor. He had like 20. But our best player was that guy. He, he hit all the key buckets. And then let's fast forward to the end where we take a three-point lead. 
And I made sure, because I've been guarding this guy the whole game, their second best player, their three-point shooter. I've been guarding him all game. Did pretty good till about the end. I started losing him. He started getting free. He started hitting. He started heating up. And then sure enough, up three. I don't know, five seconds, ten seconds to go. I lose him. I don't know how he got free from me. It was just a bunch of people cluttered up, and he just I just lost him. And he pulls up. I'm not even kidding. It was from almost half court on the near the sideline. And I rushed over. I ran as fast as I could to contest that shot. Bruh, I think I touched his hand. They could have easily called a foul. They didn't. I, I thought I did good enough to get over there. That joint rattled in, and I was heated, bruh. But, you know, I was just so locked in. I was talking so much trash even after that happened. I was like, man, that was nothing, man. Y'all going to see. Y'all not like that. Y'all ain't like that. Man, we gonna, we still going to beat y'all. Y'all, 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 I was talking so much trash, bro. <laughs> and sure enough, 1.5 to go. We do an inbounds play. They decide to go man-to-man for the first time in the game. They put their, I guess, their best defender on me. I don't know why. But they put their best defender on me. I'm way out of the play. I tell this guy who's smiling for whatever reason. I was like, watch this. I thought maybe I could get the ball if they double-team Austin, our best player. They don't double-team this guy. He somehow gets the ball. Pulls up from basically the opposite, basically the same spot, just on the other end of the court as the guy that tied the game up did. And that joint, halfway, listen, halfway there, I knew it was going in. That joint went in, and boy, I ran around that court. I was going to leave the, the building, but I was like, I circled back. I was yelling. I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. Boy, I was so hyped, man. I... That was the best game. That was one of the best games I'd ever played in in my life. I wasn't even a factor. And we finished the season 9-0. and And that other team, they were 8-0. and But they finished 8-1 and because we knocked them off. Unbelievable game. I felt great. It was a temporary high. Uh, it just shows you that basketball is a team game. I didn't need to do anything to win that championship. But we won. And, you know, I I was just really, really happy about it. What a game. What a way to end that game. What a, win, what a way to win the championship. And we start another season because this ain't the NBA. We don't just get months off before we play again. This is Social League, so we're playing again tomorrow. We're starting another season tomorrow. Well, by the time you see this, I, it might be Thursday or Friday before you hear this. But starting another season, trying to go back to back. But, man, the ending of that season was crazy. Man, I, I, I want to do it again. And hopefully the games aren't that close. Okay, real quick, Golden L. Uh, I don't have the percentages on me, but I know this. The Nationals are 39 and 78. That's got to be the worst. The Mystics. The Mystics are, they're in last, bro. They're in last in the Golden L standings. They finished the season. 
they finished the season 22 and 14. That is way better than all three teams. All the other three teams in this Golden L race. The Washington Spirit, they tied with Louisville, which I mentioned already, I think. And then they lost to Portland. <laughs> I think they went up 1-0 and then gave up two goals. Portland's the best team in the league, but come on, bro. That's ridiculous. So they lost that. They like their their record is just unreal. Their, their record is unreal. Look look just look at this. One win, six losses, nine ties. How do you tie nine times? Unbelievable. They have one win. I'm just wow. I don't know if it's because we got U.S. national team players and they're not playing. I don't know if people are hurt, but what? And then D.C. United, D.C. United is just, oh, my God. They are 6-4-14. and 14. They have 14 losses, four ties. Trash. And they lost their last two games. Just awful. I told you Wayne Rooney is not going to matter, bro. We need talent. We need talent. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I'll put the correct order of standings on Twitter and TikTok uh, in due time. But for now, that's what it is. Uh, Do I want to talk about football referee predictions? Uh, Yeah, so that's coming up soon. I'm about to start refing high school football games again. So what so what what is more likely to happen out of all this? What's going to happen this season? What is more likely to happen this season? Do I get in a fight with parents or coaches? Do I get assigned a McNamara game finally? Do I get assigned two or more playoff games? Do I quit or get suspended mid-season? Do I get recruited to ref in college or will something happen that I've never seen before? And I'll probably talk about it on Twitter or something. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a show, six-season refereeing football. And um, I'm I'm excited, a little nervous. But I think once I get into the flow of things, it'll, it'll be a little bit easy to handle. You know, hopefully I do better this year. I've had a slightly better offseason than in the past. So maybe that'll help me in the future. Uh, hopefully, in season, I'm still studying the rules and improving on things. And that's that's it, man. But, yeah, man. Hey, GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. Listen, it's never too late to get on a bandwagon. Because a bandwagon is going to take off. And you're going to want to get on it. So... <laughs> Oh, man. That is the end of the episode. Hopefully a GOAT level combo and hypothetical next episode. Hopefully. I don't know. But for now, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.